Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the program. It is uh, Monday after a totally boring Super Bowl. It's February 8, 2021. Uh, yeah, you know, I got annoyed yesterday feeling like this obligation to watch the game, you know, and then not to be able to get up and do something during the commercial breaks because you have to watch the commercials. <laughs> I began to feel like, who told me I had to do this? And then when the game got as boring as it as it did, I I bailed out and watched Turner Classic Movies in the third quarter. Uh, my son showed up and insisted on going back to the game, so I I did see the 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 end. God. All right. So Tom Brady is not human. Uh, it's amazing. And I don't have a, I I really, you know, we used to talk for a full hour about the commercials. I don't really, I only have two commercials I want to talk about. And I, as I did not see them all, there's no way I saw them all. Um, the one I was most stunned by was the Jeep. I mean, the Jeep ad, it was a classic, uh, ad where you didn't know what the ad was about because it was about something else. In this case, it was about how we need to come together as the United States. And uh, I was so dumbstruck by it as I watched it. I haven't rewatched it. So this is only my, you know, one viewing. And when I realized it was Bruce Springsteen, who was who was the guy in it and it was his voice i was so befuddled because i felt it sounded and looked in every way like a right wing ad i i i'm still totally confused and i'm confused in large part because bruce springsteen doesn't do commercials That's the first commercial endorsement he's ever made. And it was for effing Jeep. And it was in this commercial that I don't think there was a black person in it. Now, I could be wrong because, as I said, I saw it once. But it was the fact that it was filmed in middle America, literally. Uh at the geographic midpoint of the contiguous 48 states, which just happens to be a place in where Kansas, I guess. And I really got angry watching it. I, I really got angry because it was like all this crap of, you know, come together and, uh, you know, find common ground as his hand sifts through the dirt, the soil of the Midwest. And I'm thinking, no, no, this is like papering over 
the reality. We have a president to impeach starting tomorrow. Not coming together with these people. There has to be consequence. We have to we have to finally come to terms with our racism, the white nationalists among us. We have to we have to do that. You can't just paper it over and say, you know, oh, we're one. What the hell was Springsteen thinking? It was like a Republican ad. Move on, move on. And and you you refuse to do an ad your entire illustrious career and then you make an exception for a friggin' car that you know just with a combustion engine what what are you talking about i mean the ad was horrific i really was totally upset by it i mean <laughs> I'm still upset by it. <laughs> and um, it was endless, too. That was more than a minute, right? Yeah, it was like one of those narratives. Uh, it, it, and and then I, I learned, um, reading the New York Times, that that he was given, Springsteen was given full control of that. He used his own uh, people, his own creative team. He essentially produced the ad. I'm just flabbergasted. Now, maybe I need to see it again, but I... uh, I found it really outrageous. Yeah, I understand we should come together. But right now we got more important things to do, which is hold an entire political party responsible for an attempted coup and an attack on the U.S. Capitol spurred on by the President of the United States. And we're supposed to just play nice, move on, go on. Wow. And speaking of not doing commercials, okay, so Springsteen bites the dust. Now, there was a commercial I saw with the um, <clears throat> Sesame Street people, <coughs> excuse me, and puppets. And again, I had this sense of, wait a minute, you mean Sesame Street guys are doing commercials? Uh, surely this isn't a commercial. Surely this is a, a PSA for like getting, I don't know. I don't know. It surely must be a PSA. Well, it wasn't. It was a commercial. I even forget for what. And I thought of Fred Rogers, 
<clears throat> Fred would never allow his puppets to hawk something to his to Fred's kids to the audience I mean it's like a betrayal you don't you don't try to sell your audience of an, an audience made up of young children and then I thought well yeah but that's Sesame Street isn't Fred Rogers I guess so those were two like sort of unhappy little uh, reactions I had <coughs> excuse me and and I see I have a caller but just let me get to the one ad I really liked laughed out loud more than once and it was an ad again for a car company this one GM but it was for their electric cars and it starred uh, Will Ferrell and I thought it was hysterical. I thought it was a hysterical send-up of the kind of pugilistic faux American patriotism about we're number one. <laughs> we got to be first at everything. Because the premise was, he begins by saying, Norway makes more electric cars than we do. And that's like such an offense to American exceptionalism. So he goes after Norway. And of course, because Americans are geographically challenged, we don't we can't even find the United States on a global map. He he ends up in wherever, Sweden? Something <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was funny on all levels. And at least it was an ad for electric cars. Bruce. Okay. That, those are my, that's it. That's all I have to say because, as I said, I actually tuned out the game at, uh, at one point. Um, caller, go ahead, please. Oh. Hi, Lynn. It's Jeff. Jeff, hi. Okay. Uh, well, on the Springsteen ad, it's funny you started talking. Well, not funny you talk talking about. I just read an article in Variety magazine, which I would recommend. If okay. You Google Variety Springsteen about the making of the ad and how long they've been trying to get Springsteen to do an ad, and you know he's never done any ads. My initial reaction was exactly the same as yours. I am still too sensitive for this coming together bullshit. Yeah. You know? It ain't time. However. Yeah. However, okay. <laughs> Springsteen, you might look at him as being some like liberal icon or something. He's not. He's always been middle of the road. He's a 1960s middle of the road before anything, back when Richard Nixon was a liberal. You know what I mean? Uh, so to, to me, the ad wasn't out of character. And I think he felt a certain uh, moral reason to do an ad like that. Uh, and so I'm he's not too, yeah, but he's, it's too soon. He's wrong. I, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. I, I, I'm still really sensitive in this bullshit about coming together and brushing over the past, you know, is, but uh, 
the article in Variety is really interesting. Okay. About the, right. about well, the making of the commercial and everything. And, uh, and it, what surprised me, the Jeep that he was driving in the ad was actually his Jeep. It was. It was an old. Uh, it was an old, old, old yeah, Jeep. Yeah, it was an old, yeah, it was an old Jeep. So I thought it was interesting. And I'm glad you brought up the GM ad because the thing that was most striking, and it wasn't even so much, it was the clever ad and it was funny. But I'm glad to see them making a push toward the electric vehicles. Because yes. for a while, it seemed like Ford was, as American uh, car companies go, other than Tesla, Ford was making the real push. And I had thought that GM had pretty much abandoned it uh, because their Bolt uh, was such a failure. But I'm glad to see them making a push on it. And uh, hopefully EVs will be, you know, mainstream soon. So. Well, isn't it GM? Uh, isn't it, uh, wasn't it their CEO who who pledged to stop making combustion engine vehicles by 2035? I think that might have been Ford, but I might be wrong. There, you oh, know, really? So much, it, yeah, it goes back and forth so much with the you know electric vehicles because they still have to they have to please their stockholders every quarter. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so yeah. any like far reaching vision, you know, is, you know, kind of kept secret, but I was glad to see GM do that. And in t I didn't watch the game. I watched a little bit of it just to see enough to say, holy smokes, Brady is like, unbelievable. it's just it, know, ridiculous, it's ridiculous, you know, and just what, ridiculous. What, but what really surprised me more is that Tampa's defense was that good that they could just keep yeah. Kansas City the field shut goals. down. Uh, but I don't think the Chiefs showed up. I don't even know what the hell that was. So yeah. odd. In a big game like that, sometimes you have that. Who knows if it, if it was in their head or whatever. They're playing in Tampa. You know, Tampa is basically it's a home game for them. Yeah. The yeah. whole Brady myth, it might have just got to him. I don't know. But, yeah, it, it was not an exciting game. I watched uh, PBS, All Creatures Great and Small. You know, that's so weird because I'm just looking at a um, <clears throat> a email from little Tony who says, I watch PBS with All Creatures Great and Small. So that's a, two of you. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a cute uh, story. And it's like the masterpiece, a lot of eye candy of the, you know, English countryside and these little dogs yeah. and stuff. So yeah. that, that's what I watched. And I just saw enough to see, you know, I turned over, oh, boy, it's like 31 to 9. How about you? You know, and, and I figured I'd watch the commercial. I did see at the beginning uh, some of the commercials. Yeah. You know, it was a really bad one, which I was actually, because I'd seen the preview of it, the Wayne's World one. Oh. God, was it stupid. And and honestly, I don't know what the, oh, they were selling Uber Eats as well. Well, see, I never, and, I never know. I never remember what they're selling, which would yeah. seem to me to be main Isn't commercial point? bad. You know, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's going to be a lot of like talk about the Springsteen ad, and uh, I'm all, I already I texted a buddy of mine who's like a huge, huge Springsteen fan uh, about the article in Variety, and he said, "Yeah, I read it. I'm still not happy about it." So, like a lot of Springsteen fans are not happy about Springsteen doing a commercial at all, no matter in what context, you know. Oh so, well, but I'm I'm, I'm a Springsteen a fan. I am a Springsteen fan, but no, I totally disagree. It doesn't mean I'm you know, abandoning him. I just disagree with what he did. Jeez. You know, it's a, you know, it's a, more I mean, it was like tone deaf. And how is Bruce Springsteen tone deaf? 
you know, it's a really, it just occurred to me, you know, it's a really appropriate song for this time. The Dixie Chicks, I'm Not yes. Ready to Play Nice. Yes, I'm Not Ready to is, Play Nice. Exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. But, yeah. Thank you. I guess Bruce just, I, I guess Bruce <laughs> just felt like, you know, he had to, you know, try to help to heal the nation. But I'm sorry, it's, now is not the time, you know. No. Who knows when when the time would be, you know. By well, as Super I Bowl, said. It probably wouldn't happen, but. We uh, have an entire political party to attempt to hold responsible starting tomorrow, right? It's not the time. They're in, Lynn, they are insane. They're insane. Honestly, <laughs> the Republican Party, they're all just like, God damn insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I'll let you do hey, on with your show. Have thank you. Day. Thank you. Yeah, you bye. too. Bye. Uh, Gigi writes, I didn't watch the game or the commercials. I saw the Springsteen ad this morning and had the same reaction you did. I feel like he sold out. He just misre- He just has a different idea. Um, he's, I just, his timing is off. Way off. I mean, was I right? Was that just rural, white, Christian America? That that was the whole thing. I'll tell you, As a, I'm a Midwesterner, fine. But as a Jew, I remember feeling left out of that ad, too. It was all crosses. I didn't see, a, you know, any symbols of my faith. I didn't see any black people. I didn't see... What I feel America is, I saw what I know would be Trump's America. And I'm sorry. The damage they have done has not been adequately addressed, accounted for, and no, I'm just blown away. David writes, if they want unity, they can begin by stating Trump lost. (laughs) Joe Biden won. The election was fair and square. And it ain't happening. Then they can get one of Trump's three Supreme Court justices to step down and let President Biden fill that seat that should have been filled by President Obama. Don't hold your breath there. And that ain't happening either, he says. Until then, there's not going to be any unity. David writes, I figured Brady would find some way to win, but I never expected KC to suck as bad as they did. Yeah, it was amazing. They didn't even show up. That's what I thought. And a non sequitur here at the end, David, I hate snow and ice. (laughs) Okay. Well, you Got more coming your way. It's going to be a cold and and apparently a snowy week ahead of us. Hey, let let's uh, it, it, before I go on. Let let can I just um, uh, cheer us up by with a an obituary? <laughs> yeah, um, I want to thank Karen for sending it to me and. Um, I just love this obit. The deceased is a woman named Margaret Marilyn Deadder. Um, 
and her son, who is a uh, editorial cartoonist, uh, Michael Deadder, uh wrote it. Um, and it's just brilliantly done. I, I don't think I'm going to read the whole thing, but God almighty, this is what an obituary sounds like. I mean, oh, a keeper. <clears throat> By the way, there's a picture of his mom at a younger age, and she's a babe. And she's smoking a pipe and playing cards. So she's a, she's a piece of work. And here we go. Margaret Marilyn DeAdder, professional clipper of coupons, baker of cookies, terror behind the wheel, champion of the underdog, ruthless card player, and self-described queen bitch, died on Tuesday, January 19. Uh, I'm going to skip over that. Marilyn loved all children who weren't her own and loved her own children relative to how clean shaven they were. She excelled at giving the finger, taking no shit, and laughing at jokes, preferably in the shade of blue. She did not excel at suffering fools, hiding her disdain and putting her car in reverse. A voracious reader, she loved true crime, romance novels, and the odd political book. Trained as a hairdresser before she was married, she was always doing somebody's hair in the kitchen, so much so that the kitchen smelled of baking and perm solution. Marilyn had a busy life, but no matter what she was doing, she always made time to run her kids' lives as well. Her lifelong hobbies included painting, quilting, baking, gardening, hiking, and arson. Marilyn loved tea and toast. The one thing she loved more than tea and toast was reheated tea and toast. She reheated tea by simply turning on the burner, often forgetting about it. She burned many a teapot and caused smoke damage countless times, leaving her kids with the impression that fanning the smoke alarm was a step in brewing tea. Marilyn liked to volunteer and give back to the community. Uh, she loved, she was a lifelong volunteer at the Capitol Theater, uh, which her son suspected was her way of seeing all the shows for free. For all of Marilyn's success in life, her crowning achievement occurred in the mid to late 80s when left with mounting debt, no job, no car, no driver's license. She turned it all around to the point in the early 90s that she'd paid down her house, paid cash for all her cars, and got her three boys through the university. Marilyn is survived by her three ungrateful sons, whose names she never got completely right, and whose jokes she didn't completely understand. She loved them very much, even though at least one of them would ruin Christmas every year by coming home with facial hair and never forgot that one disastrous Christmas in which all three sons showed up with beards. Uh, Marilyn is survived by her sisters, Melda and Linda, and her brother, Lloyd, who still owes her 600 bucks. Uh... Uh, okay, I think that's it. Um, if there's more, and um, it's just an adorable obit. 
because an obituary should give you a sense of the person, right? And man, we all have a sense of Margaret <laughs> after that. It's wonderful. Wonderful. So I'm trying to figure out where I'm going here. I got a lot of stuff. Actually, something that's absolutely, if I may read uh, part of one more thing to you, because I read it right before the show started, and my heart was pounding as I read it. So I think it's powerful stuff, at least it was for me. And it was written by um, somebody who works for CNN, but is not given to writing for CNN. He is a photojournalist. And he was trapped inside the Capitol on January 6th. And his account is, yeah, yeah, heart pounding, heart pounding. And it's why I think that this uh, impeachment trial is, unlike the last one, going to be riveting, riveting. Because the last one was about, you know, uh, collusion and, you know, fight. it required, it, it, it took forever. It um, was not riveting. This one's going to be visual visceral, and every juror, almost every juror, was actually an eyewitness. <laughs> it's amazing. And it's just possible that if the Democrats present their case um, in a riveting manner, and all indications are they are going to, that some Republican senators are not going to be able to be unmoved. Maybe. I'm still holding out a little bit of hope. I don't know if they can get 17 of these Republicans, but I think this is going to be, oh, what am I saying? This is the pessimist going to say I'm hopeful. No. I was just looking at a quote I have here left over from notes I took reading my brother's book. Hope is a peculiar type of irrationality. <laughs> so, right. Oh, God. But make no mistake with the visuals that they have available to them and the audio. They don't need to call witnesses, as I said. The entire Congress were witnesses and victims. Let me read a little bit of this to you. His name is Joshua Replogle. Replogle. Is this how I die? 
I am perfectly still. I can't make a sound. My back is in spasm. I huddle with three others behind a bathroom door, locked inside a Capitol office. We are hiding from the source of the roar filtering through the walls, the voices of thousands who want to hurt me. As a journalist, I have been behind the lens for too many mass casualty events. Am I going to be in one now? Sitting on the floor with my back leaning against the toilet tile cool through my clothes, lights are switched off and there are blinds on the window. I'm going to jump down. Slam, slam. Let's effing do this. They're at the door. This is it. The walls don't feel like protection. They might as well be paper. It sounds like these people are in the room with us. They scream and curse. It is deafening. We hear people trying to burst through the door. And I hear my producer, oh, God. The adrenaline surge leaves my muscles heavy. My heart beats in my ears. I feel like I am finally in the shoes of any number of shooting survivors I've interviewed over the years. Their faces, their experiences blur in my mind. This type of fear is something I never understood. To fully grasp it, it must be experienced. And then he goes on to talk about he was there at Parkland. And he was there, oh, this damn computer. Okay, I'm not getting it now. But if, I mean, this level of visceral testimony is um, surely will make some of those Republican jurors certainly uncomfortable, but uncomfortable enough to do the right thing. And then he goes into um, how he ran to get to that bathroom. Uh, talks about his producer screaming at him, run, run, now. They've breached. He's, and he says, and I often come back to this moment in my dreams, the sound of shoulders slamming repeatedly into the door crash bang let's fucking do this so I am going to hope that the discomfort that some of these uh, Republican senators are going to be forced to feel um, could possibly lead to more of them voting to convict. Let's hope.
Oh, God. Oh, I saw this amazing quote from Alexei Navalny, who, as you know, is doing three years in prison for scaring Vladimir Putin. Um, He said this, the iron doors slammed shut behind me with a deafening clang, but I feel like a free man. And I think that is what a courageous man does feel, not fear, but free, because he has broken from the fear and found courage, as opposed, of course, (laughs) to all those Republicans in Congress who are fettered, imprisoned by their fear their fear of losing their jobs, their fear of the mob that they created and incited. Because they are now owned by their fear. And even though they are not in a prison like Navalny, they are not free. Not at all. All and they know it. Their souls have been sold. Their souls are owned by the despicable people who make up their base. And never was a word more apt than base for the Republicans. Base. When I said uh, Springsteen was, uh, his timing was off, you know, we could learn from the Germans. (laughs) They still are going after Nazis. And the Nazis are almost dead. You know, they're in their 90s. They're still going after them. They haven't said move on. And that happened That happened over 70 years ago, and they have not said, move on. If you were party to this horror, if you were party to this, these crimes against humanity, if you aided and abetted, you don't get to slip through. I don't care if you've slipped through for your entire life and you're now an old, old, old person. We're still coming for you. And I say that because I read a piece about the Germans, the prosecutors in Germany, indicting a 95-year-old woman who was a secretary at a concentration camp. 
a 95-year-old woman who was a secretary. And they have indicted her, charging her with 10,000 counts of being an accessory to murder. Yes, harsh justice. Nowhere near as harsh as what her victims suffered. So you live a long life. You managed to escape up until now. But the Germans say, "Uh uh-uh, you're still breathing? We're going to bring you to justice. You don't get out with a whitewashed history. Now, the funny part about this 95-year-old being charged, funny, you say, is this. I will read it directly from the piece. Because she was under 21 at the time of the offenses she is accused of, she will be tried as a juvenile. (laughs) There you you have it. This 95-year-old who was part of the Nazi extermination machinery will be tried and will be tried as a juvenile. Oh, Amy, thank you. I didn't see you said that. I was right. It was General Motors. Thank you. Not Ford. Thank you. Um, And um, Barbara sent me something from the Daily Beast saying the Republicans will acquit him. because they don't want to punish him for what he did. Because they know that a Republican president may do something like it again. And they feel the vibes from constituents, their base, from donors, from one another, from watching Tucker. They can't punish a Republican president for trying to thwart democracy when they know they need to thwart democracy to stay in business. Remember that as you watch the roll call and hear not guilty after not guilty. They'll be acquitting Trump and themselves. We have a caller. Go ahead, please. Hello? Hi. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, thank you. You were talking about that singer Bruce Springsteen. I, mm-hmm. I'm so sick of the entertainment culture where they're they're going to tell us what's good for us. Like they're because they're such a in the spotlight, they're going to tell me what's so good. Like you got Tom Selleck doing that reverse mortgage, and he oh he god, would, I don't want like that. If that what, one one of the crookedest deals you could get into is reverse. Hey hey hey, let me. Let me just say this, because every time I hear that and he starts with 
this isn't my first rodeo. I run screaming and change the channel. I I can't. Yeah. He's a Republican all the way. You know. Oh, that. no, he's a total Republican. Him and that Tim Allen, which I used to watch his show. I can't stand that guy. There's a list of them that goes miles and miles. I didn't like to even talk about it. But uh, I, I just – I get tired of this entertainment. They're going to tell us to get the vaccine. We're, I, like I need them to tell us they're going to do a special public uh, – what do you call it? Information broadcast or whatever they call that. I just get sick of that. It gets to be what, – what's so special, you know, about them to tell me? You know, I don't know. I, no, no, well, no. they've got the – they can get your attention, so they get yeah, to be what's called influencers. Right. Yeah. They – if you're a celebrity, you have power, and the power, you know, lets you do and say and be whatever you damn well please. Yeah. And the rest yeah. of us who don't have so much power – are supposed to listen. And and about that trial, that, that impeachment, uh, I know that's not going to, you know, they're going to not convict him. But you'd like to see him do a vote to send, uh, bar him from, you know, running again. If they could do something like that, I don't know what they can do. But just to stop him in his tracks, which I think he's going to be too old to run then anyway. I don't think he's in that great of health. I really don't. I think There's no way he is. No. I don't see him running. He's just going to be a – I think the Republican Party is going to crash and burn. I, I really do. I, it's going to take a little time, but I, I just think they will. Well, they should. Yes. And uh, I, I wish him, uh, you know, I, I wish him Godspeed in that uh, in that <laughs> descent. Yes. I really do. Yes. Um, hey, thanks for the call. Okay. Appreciate thanks. it. Bye. Yeah, and speaking of uh, yeah the Republicans and their uh, the media that enables them, um, it really is interesting to watch uh, uh, Fox News finally on defense because they, like Republicans, have always doubled down, never apologize. You know, they, you know, oh, the libs are all freaking out and upset. Big deal. I mean, it's just more reason to, you know, to own us again. Um, But they're on defense now. And they're on defense because of these two companies suing them for uh, defamation and for harming their business. And you know what? The companies have an incredible case, very much like the incredible case the Democrats have against Trump in his uh, impeachment trial, because it's filled with actual video and audio evidence of the crime. There's no he said, she said, there it is. That's what they said. And so for Fox to just summarily boot Lou Dobbs off their air, it shows their their little a little bit nervous and um, not so nervous that they won't take another one of the people that was named in the lawsuits 
and that's at uh, Maria Bartiromo, who is just as bad as Dobbs. And she was given a primetime slot, right, to continue spreading the poison. But I do appreciate the fact that they are in an uncomfortable situation. All of these people from Fox News, right-wing radio, to the Republican Party have, you know, made their bed years and years and years in the making. And um, they're lying in it now. And I read that the head of CNN is going to retire. That'd be uh, Jeff Zucker or Zucker. I'm not sure how he pronounces it. And I have told you my feeling about him before. Um, If you were to make a list of who is responsible for Donald Trump becoming president, Jeff Zucker is in the top five. Yep. And I find him a reprehensible figure and a figure that embodies everything that's gone wrong with broadcast and cable media. And in large part, it went wrong because it was Zucker who put it in that direction. So he was this, you know, boy, uh, Wunderkind, (laughs) who was the producer of the Today Show, and he was something like three. I mean, he was like in his 20s, early 20s, for all I know. So he was this kid who just came on and, and then, you know, Today's ratings improved and they pushed him up to... Uh, had NBC's uh, entertainment division, and it was as head of the entertainment division that he made the plague that is reality television. And out of that plague of reality television, emerges Donald Trump. It was Zucker who gave him The Apprentice. It was Zucker and NBC that made America, that cannot make a distinction between reality and reality television, that made them think Donald Trump was a successful businessman, a titan. That that guy they saw on TV was real, as opposed to a cartoon character. And Zucker rode that with Trump sky high, and then down the golden escalator into the presidential race, where Zucker and CNN famously blanketed that so-called news outlet, because Zucker was now at CNN, and he took that guy he created, Donald Trump, 
the apprentice. And he knew what a ratings getter he was. And he wanted ratings. That's where Trump and Zucker are of the same mold. They're always counting the crowd size. And they both knew how to get crowds. And Zucker knew Trump knew how to bring a crowd in. So do you remember CNN would actually, they covered every move Trump made as a candidate. This is before he even got the nomination. As a candidate, the other Republicans who were running couldn't find any coverage. Trump was covered from 24-7. There were even like famous, famous bits where their Chiron at the bottom, uh, over over a uh, visual of an empty platform, the Chiron said, Donald Trump expected to speak any minute. So they would show the platform that Donald Trump was going to be on any minute rather than show Hillary Clinton actually giving a speech. She couldn't get coverage to save her soul. This was Zucker's doing, because he knows how to make people tune in. He knows how to collect eyeballs and always has. And he's the one under his regime at CNN. He's the one who stopped them from being a news operation where you could watch a newscast and actually get news into a station that decided there was only one story and they would cover it. 24-7, and all the other news in the world, gone. So he created that idea that CNN would attach itself to just one, one story at a time and create a drama from it, a narrative that people would keep tuning into. Jeff Zucker he's still young he's 55 he's leaving CNN God knows what he's going to do next but he has polluted our country he has helped to destroy our democracy and our television media I mean, that's a lot of work to get in for a still young man. And it's all viewed as showing what a genius he is. He's a destroyer. A true destroyer. 
There was a fascinating piece sort of akin to this um, in Sunday's New York uh, Times um, about the predictions of a former nuclear physicist. I think he was a former nuclear physicist. Um, on, on what he saw the Internet doing to us. The guy's name was Michael Goldhaber, and he has, for the last 25 years, been warning us of what the Zuckers of the world Facebook, social media, the internet, where it was going to take us. And it it isn't pretty. He ter- he came up with a phrase, the attention economy, and how all all of these people from Trump to Zucker and everyone who puts out a podcast or anybody now, or those celebrities that the caller mentioned, driving him crazy, thinking we're supposed to listen. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.